It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Minnesota Vikings going into Soldier Field, taking care of business today. They pick up their first division game win of the season. We're here to break it all down on another Minnesota Vikings postcast episode right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. You got the full four-man crew today. Myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's Ron Johnson down there. He's on X, at 3RonJohnson. Host of the Ron Johnson Show right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. Luke Braun, of course, host of the Locked On Vikings podcast each and every day. He's on X at Luke Braun NFL. And of course, we got the glue to the entire operation over there. Sam Ekstrom, host of the new Minnesota Football Party and Minnesota Basketball Party as well. He's on X at Sam Ekstrom. Okay, guys, before we jump into it, quick reminder, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about when and where you're buying your tickets to the next big event. Game Time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets to sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Right now, use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase when you download the Game Time app. Game Time tickets always has the lowest price, guaranteed. All right, fellas, let's get into the nuts and bolts here. Ron, let's start with you. Feels like it's always a tight matchup when you're playing in Soldier, no matter what the teams and rosters look like, I swear. Vikings, though, come away victorious. They get a much-needed close victory, uh, division victory, excuse me, on the road. Uh, just your knee-jerk reaction, early impressions from this one. What was a couple big takeaways for you? Uh, it wasn't a good game to me. I mean, it was defensively. I think Brian Flores did a great job early on. Um, I, I think when the quarterback change happened, it kind of threw off the – you know, containing the quarterback, spying the quarterback idea, and they had to become a true sit back and just try to stop the quarterback team. Um, they did good for the most part, but overall, honestly, I just don't feel like it was a solid, you know, like defeat, which it should have been with a team like that. DJ Moore didn't do much. And when that happens, you should feel like they should dominate, and they didn't. So I'm a little perplexed about what this team is going to be against a team like the 49ers. Yeah, good point there. Plenty to dissect and kind of sift through. Why couldn't they step on the gas there at the end? A little bit more in depth and in detail as we keep going. But Luke, I mean, just one or two big takeaways as you kind of sat there and watched this one unfold at the end. I mean, how many three and outs did they have? This, yeah. this is the thing. I mean, this is, I, I call it on Twitter. This is a horrifying win. <laughs> when you have Justin Fields, you got bad Justin Fields in this game, you know, and, and then he gets knocked out and you get Tyson Bay, you get an undrafted rookie. When that is what is happening across the field and when the defense is handing you a game like that as an offense, you simply must do more. It, it That just is not good enough from, from the offense. And I know they didn't have Justin Jefferson. I We we all adjusted our expectations for what the offense, you know, they're not going to put up 45 without JJ. We get it. But you have to do more than that. Somebody on that offense had to step up more than they did. Um because ultimately, I mean, the, the Bears offense outscored the Vikings offense. It's just that there was a defensive touchdown there, which that's how it goes. W's are W's. They all count the same. There's no style points. So I'll give it to them. But this is a game where I think the Vikings offense has some soul searching to do going into uh, a game against San Francisco. That's going to be a way tougher test. Yeah, feels like it's always ugly when you go to Soldier Man. Uh, Sam, we'll dive a little bit deeper into the offense and defense a little bit more here in a second. But again, the big Achilles heel for this team all season long has been the turnovers, right? They scored 13 points off yeah. the turnovers today. Thank goodness. Three turnovers by the defense. Byron Murphy, of course, seals the deal at the end with that pick. Crazy what can happen, though, when you win the turnover battle and just simplify the game a little bit more, isn't it? Yeah, it 
helps on a day when your offense gets two first downs in the second half, one first down prior to the final drive of the game. Absolutely unacceptable offensive play, and the defense does bail them out today. And isn't this the exact conversation we had after Carolina? The two Vikings wins have both been ugly in nature. They've both been aided by the defense. Um, I want to teach you guys a new word. It's called enucleation. This is what happens when you remove a badly damaged or diseased eye. That's what I have after watching the Vikings offense today. But you know what? The Bears <laughs> offense was even worse. The Bears offense was even worse. And the Vikings have won four straight times at Soldier Field. And in each case, the Vikings are wretched on offense. And the Bears are even worse. So this is just a, this is a Soldier Field thing. This is where offenses go to die. So if you get out of there with a road division victory, just burn the tape, enucleate yourself, and get out of there. <laughs> it's a victory. The season lives five, on. Five, by the way, three and outs of 12 possessions. Almost wow. half the time wow. they went three and out. Yeah, well, you know, we'll I, get I, I did, we'll, Soldier we'll, Field or not, get your crap together. Come on, man. Dude, you're supposed dude, to be an offensive head coach. It's, yeah, it's yeah. And horrible. and the thing off that too, just stemming off that for 10 seconds, it's like, okay, you score right before the half, and then you get the ball in the second half. You get five yards on first down from Alexander Madison. It's second and five. No gain to TJ Hawkinson. A deep out to KJ Osborne goes off his fingertips, and you're thinking, man, a three and out to start that second half is just not what you want to see. Let me rewind just a little bit here because, again, Kirk Cousins had the one interception today. No fumbles, though, today. Okay, we're getting somewhere. Well, he uh, tried. He tried he, really hard he to did, fumble, though. He did try. Yeah, he did try. <laughs> uh, obviously, God, Jordan Hicks gets the scoop and score off the Josh Mattel strip sack. Things we just haven't really seen, though, from this defense a ton yet this year under Brian Flores. Ron, I get it. These division games in general are always usually close. That's just how it works. But you're sitting there in the fourth quarter, up 13. Justin Fields is ruled out of the game. Here comes Tyson Bagnett, a rookie with zero experience. And the Vikings just slowly let this team back into this one. What was it today specifically that you saw that they struggled from just, again, putting the foot on the gas, running away with this one, and make you feel better about the future, closing games out moving forward? Because it feels like we've been in a one-score game now, 49 out of the last 50 games, man. What's the deal? Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Um, the, the usage of the run game to me just seemed like it was missing. Um, the ability to just put their foot on somebody's throat just seems to be missing. Um, there, there are fundamental things with this offensive line that I just don't get. Um, I even listened to Pete Burst a little bit at the end, talk about the number of times at the end of the game to close out. You got free runners coming through that could force a fumble. And so it just doesn't seem like I don't know if Dalton Reisner is the guy coming up. Um, I don't know if this is going to be a long term thing. He looked good from a couple pass plays I saw. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. I just I don't know fundamentally what the answer is. I saw the jokes about uh, Kevin O'Connell out there with the saber and, and punching players and ending practice early. Like maybe maybe there needs to be some type of foot on foot on necks, you know, to make these guys feel a little bit of pressure. Like you got to play better all the time because it's just not there all the time. Yeah, no, well said. I do want to tap into the offense a little bit more moving forward here. And what did it all look like, too, guys, without Justin Jefferson today? But first, let's go to Sam with a quick word from our sponsor. Sam? Yep. Uh, let me tell you about the Game Time app. Uh, this is the ultimate way that you get a ticket into all the best events in the Twin Cities. I'm a big convert. Recently went to the Twins Game 4, found an incredible deal on Game Time. 
kind of overlooking the field behind home plate in the second level. Wonderful experience. It was very easy. And you know what I love about game time is that when I go to the app, I don't punch in in the number of tickets I want. I don't get to the final screen and they add like $8,200 in hidden fees. <laughs> no, they give you the number up front. I love their last minute ticket deals, their flash deals, their zone deals. They give you views from the seat so you know where you're going to be sitting in the venue. Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection. Uh, they've got everything to make your experience awesome to get into concerts and sporting events and other events around town. Uh, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L. Locked on NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Luke Braun, tell us about prize picks. Yeah, today's Locked on Vikings uh, postcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks is not daily fantasy as you are typically familiar with it, though. It is a more than less than game. So it's just you versus the house. You don't have to enter a pool with 4,000 other people, whole bunch of sharps trying to get crazy outlier things like that world is so unfun to me, but prize picks. I've been having a blast locked on Vikings Fridays. We do prize picks, prized picks every single week. Been having a blast with that. Got some bad beats with injuries today, but we keep on going. Um, all you have to do is pick two to six of your favorite players and then whether they'll do better or worse than their prize picks projection and you slam them all together to try to get a bigger payout. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and you can get a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks or just use code locked on NFL. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 at prize picks. Thank you, boys. Um, Ron, right before the break, brought up a really good point I want to talk about and dive into. You talked about the run game. It's been virtually non-existent thus far. And we all hope Madison could kind of fill the shoes of Dalvin Cook. And even with Dalvin last there, though, you think about it again, wildly inefficient, kind of a boomer bust runner. So call it 20, 25 games now in a row. It's just the run game has not been the strength or identity of the team. Uh, Luke, you watch a lot of tape all week. What's the issue with the run game right now? Is it the players or the personnel? Is it the blocking up front? Is it the play calling? Is it the game situations being behind a lot early in these games this year? What is it in your opinion? Yeah, that's going to have a different answer game to game. And honestly, the last two games, the run game has been fantastic. So it was a bummer to see it kind of go grind back down to a halt. Um, that's going to be one of the things that I definitely need to like watch the tape, get the right angle, be able to slow things down a little bit to see better. Uh, but from, I guess the live eye reaction, it did look like there were some running lanes and that Madison just wasn't finding them. That that's my guess. Uh, but that's always going to be, I guess there was one where I know Darisaw was driving a guy out and he could have cut back. Um, it, and it and it just didn't work out there. And, and I mean, Cam Akers had his bozo moment as well. So it's, this isn't like a, they're starting the wrong guy kind of thing. I think it just didn't find the lanes today. Um, but that that Bears run defense has had three good games in a row. So they deserve a little bit of credit, too. That was something I, I put forth as a mismatch. And the pass pro was fantastic. So that was more what I was talking about. Um, 
But yeah, I should probably eat a little bit of crow there. Just the, the Bears did well on run defense. Uh, yep. Rod, they showed the opening graphic in the first quarter when the Vikings kicked that field goal in the first quarter. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Did that say those were the first points the Vikings have scored in the first quarter or on the opening drive all season? Either way, kind of wild to think about because remember last year, KOC in this offense was outstanding on the opening drive, that opening drive game script. Ron, what are you seeing early on here that's kind of dug the Vikings into a, a big hole early on in the first quarter? Now, didn't happen today, obviously, but still, again, not oozing a ton of confidence from this offense thus far early in these games. Well, first, I want to say the the bozo, the uses of bozo was hilarious. Uh, I just remember <laughs> the old the old Tiger Woods uh, headline that they said Elon said that Tiger Woods is a bozo. So I just I felt like that moment in there. Um, but I'd say the first 15 plays, the first 15 plays scripted last year were ridiculously great. Uh, it felt like it was everything was on rhythm. Felt like Kirk Cousins had a handle in the playbook this year. Honestly, um, it feels like Kevin O'Connell was throwing darts in his pocket and then he's pulling out a play and saying, OK, let's run this play um, because you, it, it just doesn't make sense. There are some plays I will say, and I agree with Luke on this. When you go back and watch film, you're like, oh, if he had just done with this way or oh, if he had just done this, um, it, it just it felt like a lot of the times it's boomer bust like play action sometimes without even running the ball to me seems arbitrary. It seems like, hey, we're just running a play action. Uh, if you're going to change the pocket, and that's the big thing about play action, you're trying to suck the linebackers up and you're trying to remove the pocket from the normal spot, get Kirk Cousins outside the pocket. We haven't seen much boot right or boot left this year. Like It just seems like he's a statue in the pocket, and then he's like trying to figure out where to throw the ball. Get him moving a little bit. Give him a chance to run the ball. Um, I, I know he's not a runner, but you have to put fear in some of these defense ends to say you got to set the edge because they're not. They're giving the tackles a true two-way go because they're like, look, if I go in or out, Either way, Kirk Cousins is still going to be there when I get there. And I think that's part of it. He's got to be able to boot out um, and, and create some some movement within these receivers. Uh, but that first 15 to me, just it, it I don't know. It just seems like maybe it's the same thing as last year and they expected it to work. You saw the graphic again uh, this week of games under eight points or less. They were 11 and 0. This year, not the same. They were one and four. Today, finally, they won again. So they're two and four. But it's just it's not what it was last year and it just feels like these guys are so used to winning these close games that they're letting some of these games just like think okay somebody's gonna make a play and it's like no you have to make the play yeah no well slow well said yeah that, yeah go ahead luke yeah it's it's just it's the offense executes slowly and it's, it's everywhere yeah. it's footwork on guys it's routes it's 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 you know, the just the execution of being able to take the snap, turn around, play action, get turned around and throw the ball. And is the guy there or not? Or is he is that already late? And he's already gone past the place he's supposed to be. And um, like when especially when you your staple kind of seven yard hitter, the the quick game they start or I call it quick game because that's kind of how they use it is these like keeper flasher keeper slide plates, right? Where you play action, roll out and you have somebody kind of on the line of scrimmage like a tight end that's supposed to catch the ball and run. Um, the clock on that play is the edge rusher coming at the quarterback. It's as fast as he can come is how much time you have to do it. And they just are not able to execute within those time constraints that the defense is giving them. And th this is like a known, you know, you're going to get that. That's not, Oh no, surprise. The edge rusher came, you know, that guy is coming. That is how everybody plays this now. Um, you just have to tighten up and quicken up and, and do better execution. And it's, not something that's like a new thing that they were installing. They did this better last year. It, it, it They've gotten worse at something as a whole. And, and that 
it's just really disappointing. It used to be really quick and clean at this kind of stuff. No, you're absolutely right. It, it was almost effortless, those first 15 plays, like Ron pointed out last year. It's just polar opposite. I had to take a picture of it. Six opening drives, zero touchdowns this year, one field goal. That was today. Two punts and three turnovers, man. You're just mm -hmm. shooting yourself in the foot. Uh, hey, Sam, uh, Vikings, this team, right? They haven't proved that they're a good team yet, right? They're only two and four. It is what it is. But they have proved, I think, that they're not a hopeless team, right? Like, they've done that. You do that by losing to four teams by one score or less, two of which were in the Super Bowl last year. So I guess has this victory silenced the, the panic, all the, the conjecture about tanking for a quarterback like Caleb Williams next season and all that talk? No, no, no it hasn't. Um, no one's going to be happy with this. I'm reading the mm -hmm. comments right now. This is not a an invigorated fan base off of this win. No one <laughs> is going into their schedule projection and circling the Niners game and changing the L to a W. <laughs> Everyone still assumes that they're going to get boat raced by San Francisco next week. I should check and see if San Francisco won the game today. They were in still a going on dogfight. Oh, they're trailing the Browns. They could yeah. lose. Um, they could have one loss on their ledger. I don't know if you want to get an angry Niners team uh, coming into U.S. Bank Stadium next week. But um, Minnesota did nothing today. I, and this is the same as the Carolina win. You don't feel great mm. about your defensive performance. You don't feel like it's sustainable, as good as it was. You just played such an ineffective offensive operation. You played you know, Bryce Young, who was totally frazzled as a rookie quarterback and you played Tyson Bagent for a half and a, a Justin Fields that couldn't avoid the rush and just a bad Bears team so you can't even hang your hat that much on those defensive performances but it's on the Vikings to, to flip the script if they go out and they play good enough football football that we think they can play at least offensively and win a game they're not supposed to win that will change the narrative but the two wins are about as underwhelming as they come this year. Mm -hmm. Things can change fast in the NFL, though. I mean, it's a two it's a two week by two week league. If you're on a two game losing streak, the sky is falling. If you're on a two game winning streak, people are back on the bandwagon. So go beat San Francisco and do something crazy next week. Until then, I don't think anybody's changing their mind about where this team is going. Yeah, a lot of good points there. Nobody feels good about this one, that's for sure. Uh, Ron, we touched on the offense a little bit, but just game one without Justin Jefferson. Got a small taste last week what it might look like when he went out versus the Chiefs at the end, but that was the A topic all week. What's this offense going to look like with J.J.? How big of a role will Jordan Addison be able to carve out early in this one? Again, extra opportunities. Think about this, J.J., an insane 38% share of the team's passing game numbers. So safe to say there should be plenty to go around here. Um, we, we've kind of picked on this offense quite a bit already, but specifically the passing game today, Kirk Cousins had his mildest game to say the least statistically. Um, you expect more versus a Bears defense that's still trying to figure everything out. But how did you see the defense adjust a little bit now that Justin Jefferson, a premier weapon in the NFL, was not on the field for this passing game? Yeah, I mean, what you notice is you didn't see a lot of the guys scared of of like sitting on routes. Yeah. There, there was a lot of guys sitting on routes. There was no true threat in the middle of the field. Justin Jefferson is a true – like he's like Chris Carter mix of Randy Moss. Like he's not truly Randy, and he's not truly Chris. He's like a mix of both. He's a possession receiver that can control the middle of the field, makes every catch, makes the tough catches, but he's also a guy that's going to give you some highlights down the field. He's a guy that can stretch the field when he needs to. So he's kind of a mix of the both, but he's not neither 100%. 
you don't have that right now. You have a guy in Jordan Addison trying to figure it out, and you have a guy in KJ Osborne who who seems like he's taking a couple steps back when you look at some of his routes today and the after-the-catch stuff. Just very perplexing, to say the least. And even Jordan Addison on that, uh, they tried to run a jailhouse kind of a, a tunnel screen, and if he had just kept going north – or sorry, east and west and just c- go completely diagonal and cut it all the way across the field, I think he has a bigger play. He catches it and tries to get right up the field right now and the backside from behind him makes the tackle. Um, so there's little things like that with this defense – or sorry, this offense that the defense is not – people aren't scared of anymore. So Yeah, no, you're right. A um, lot of good points there. Sam, I'll give you the uh, closing arguments, uh, as you could say, on the offensive side of the ball here before we move to the defense. Who do you want to see more of offensively to get this thing clicking? We just have not seen a complete game, and obviously things are going to look a lot harder now without J.J., but they've still got the weapons to be the identity of this team, don't they? Yeah, Cam Akers underutilized. Yeah. Um, one carry mm-hmm. today, and and I would push back, you know, on something Braun said earlier. I think they had two good rushing performances. I don't know if Kansas City was one of them. I think that the Chargers game and the Panthers game you like, and then the other four the have, have been yeah, and and it okay. kind of overlooked the Kansas City game. Sometimes I do the same, but <laughs> um, the yeah, like four out of six have been real clunkers. And when you trade for a guy in Cam Akers and your run game has been so lackadaisical and you you give him one carry when you ran the ball 22 times, I'm just confused by that. I don't think Alexander Madison, he stretches a lot of balls out to the outside, but it doesn't get north and south. Um, So I'd like to see a little more Cam Akers, a little more diversity in the run game. I was hopeful that Brandon Powell would be more involved today. He wasn't exactly three catches for 20 Mm -hmm. yards. I was hopeful that Jordan Addison would be more involved today. Nice touchdown. He's turning into a touchdown machine. I like that. But the overall point, too, with this offense, you got to catch some difficult balls. There are so many balls hitting tight ends and receivers' hands, dropping to the turf, that are difficult catches. Yes, they might not be classified as drops, but over time, it adds up when you don't make plays in the receiving game. And without Justin Jefferson to make 60% of his contested catches, you got to pick up the slack somewhere and make some difficult grabs in traffic, diving to the ground, what have you, and help out Kirk Cousins um, because his ball placement has been a little wonky at times, but you can also bail him out. That's legal to do. So I got to see more from this receiving core. I think they're capable of doing that. Good point on the contested catches there, man. A lot of frustration, I feel like, from the fan base not hauling in some of those and back-to-back weeks specifically. Yeah, Luke, did you have something to say? It's consistency, right? Uh, Here's a great catch. Here's a a bad non-catch. How about do everything good enough every play, right? Mm. Um, The the ups and downs have been infuriating the whole time uh, O'Connell has been the coach, right? I mean, they've... Last year, they had these streaks where they would just like completely sputter to nothing and go entire quarters without a first down. And they had another one like that this year or this week. Um, and, and it's, it's every, every game is like this. It's about consistency. Um, I'm, I'm sick of seeing the highlights. Show me a, a, a higher floor, but Luke, if you want to uh, transition to the defense, I got, I actually got something from Alex Lewis who saw, or Alec Lewis, who saw uh, Marcus Davenport exiting the locker room with a boot on his foot. Yeah, perfect segue. Let's flip over to the defense here in a moment after another word from our sponsor. Sam, go ahead. Take it away. Yep, you got it. Let me tell you about LinkedIn jobs these days. Every new potential hire feels like a high-stakes wager 
for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you check out LinkedIn Jobs. They help find the right people for your team faster and for free. I really appreciate that they use these screening questions to try to filter out candidates, make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire because it stinks to sift through a large virtual stack or physical stack of resumes to go through. Uh, small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay, Luke, defense gives up 13 points on the road. Five sacks, three turnovers, uh, news, notes, observations you saw from the defense today in Soldier Field. This might be the easiest assignment. This <laughs> I, I like. I don't want to speak too ill of the Bears, but I kind of do. Yeah, Pretty easy to come up with this game plan. Send the house and watch Justin Fields fall apart. That's exactly what we saw. Then he gets knocked out, and then they, they got a rookie in there. You keep doing the same thing, right? Um, for all of the whinging we just did about the offense and saying somebody make a play, how many people answered that call on the defense? Josh Metellus with a whole bunch of them. Byron Murphy with a couple of crazy ones. Andrew Booth getting in on purpose, rotating in and actually having a couple of good, gave up one on a, on a curl. And I think that was actually it. Um, everybody getting in there and, and making plays. I saw Kyrie's Tonga coming in, having a little bit of a revenge game. Um, a lot of people stepped up and made plays, and that's what this defense is designed to do is give you an opportunity to go be a playmaker, but you got to be a playmaker. Yeah, absolutely. Ron, kind of same question. I mean, six-week sample size now, this new Brian Flores defense. He's one of the league leaders in sending the blitz. We saw it again today, as Luke pointed out. Got good pressure on Justin Fields and the backup. What's your evaluation through six games now, though? Uh, what's improved from last year to this year that you feel good about moving forward? Well, one, I'll say for those that don't know, the Browns just beat the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers had a chance to kick a field goal from the 20, and he missed it wide right. Very Vikings of him. From like the 20, yeah, wide right. Um, And so the Browns pull off the upset over the 49ers. One thing to think about that, I was hoping the 49ers won because fat cats get slaughtered. You were hoping that the 49ers walked into U.S. Bank Stadium extremely confident. And the Vikings, right, the Vikings could have been the trap game, but they got trapped by the Browns. So now they're going to come out hitting on all cylinders against the Minnesota Vikings. Moving on to Brian Flores' defense. Um, (laughs) 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 And sorry, Luke, and and the question was what, his usage of blitz? Well, just six games now, small sample size, sure, but a third of the way through the season now. What do you think about Brian Flores' defense getting better each week? 
Yeah, I, I will say this. They they forced a lot of turnovers. The one thing, and I said this week one, and I think everybody should remember this. I said Ivan Pace Jr. was going to be the starting linebacker, and he has held up to that. Now, not so much as just him, but also because of Brian Asamoah not being as physical as I think they need it to be, uh, where Ivan Pace Jr. gives you that linebacker that's going to meet, you know, Lyman in the hole. He's going to, you know, come up and make the big hits. Uh, where Asamoah, one, a little bit of injury early on, and then two, just losing it to uh, production. Um, when, when you think about what's next with this Brian Flores, you know, like the evolution is more of what we saw today, more turnovers. They have to force more turnovers. And I think Robert Smith pointed out something huge, too, about this defense. Harrison Smith has the opportunity to call his own blitz. He's got to, like, give some type of signal, though, like like a pitcher would do if you're on the Astros and you're trying to cheat, you know, or the hitting <laughs> coach. You know, you, you got to give a signal to your other safeties or your linebacker, whoever's supposed to – because when you blitz, you replace – if he's going to blitz, somebody has to replace him. We saw that tight end come wide open, number 18, because Harrison Smith probably was supposed to cover him, but he said, let me just go and see if I can get home. He's got to be able to give them some type of signal. Hey, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And then that way the guy can uh, replace him. It's been a weird year thus far, uh, to say the least. Wouldn't it be ironic and just hilarious? Everybody thought this was going to be potentially a top five offense. Wouldn't it be funny as we get further and further into this season that it's actually the defense that becomes the identity? Again, they're just taking baby steps, but every week they seem a little bit better. Sam, I'll give Remember you the closing. Camp? What's that? Remember camp? Remember yeah, we were talking right. about it going, that's man, right. the defense is really beating the offense every that's day. Right. Yeah. Surely the offense is fine. Right. Know. Of course. Yeah, it's been a weird year, man. But that I just think would be hilarious and ironic. Sam, closing thoughts here on the defense confidence level with the entire unit just as a whole top to bottom. And then I guess just small sample size here. Davenport leaves the game, tweaks that ankle once again. What's that change for the front seven, you think? Yeah, I feel like a little bit of a Debbie, Debbie Downer. I mean, I've seen this group, you know, get torched through the air by Herbert. I've seen them get torched on the ground by Philadelphia Mahomes you know kind of flexed his muscles a lot of the time in the game last week there were some good things but they still scored 27 so against the good teams they've played the defense has still shown a lot of warts they have taken care of business against the Panthers against the Bears um, and look good for periods against Baker Mayfield so I guess that means they're not you know they can handle the worst teams in the NFL but they still fall, fall short against the best teams in the NFL so if you say they're squarely in the middle somewhere maybe that's Actually a nice place to be compared to where they were last year. If you want to look at it glass half full, I would like to clone Josh Metellus and just play with 11 Josh Metellus's on the defense. I love the way he runs around. I love how he interjects himself in the play. I love how hard he hits. He's trying to force turnovers. I love his game and I want more of it from this defense. Um, Got to show something next week against one of the cleanest offensive operations in the NFL. They're going to be coming in angry. Brock Purdy finally has an L on the ledger. McCaffrey might be hurt. We'll see. Debo Samuel might be hurt. They, they got banged up today. So like, go prove it. Go prove it next week. Um, congrats to Jordan Hicks. 32nd birthday yesterday. Yeah. Huge game. Interception a and a scoop and score. The scoop and score was gigantic in the eventual outcome. Man, there's been a couple guys who have just kind of slowly impressed week by week quietly on this defensive mm -hmm. side of the ball. All the love and spotlight was on Ivan Pace those first few weeks with all the buzz from training camp in the preseason. But guys like Cam Bynum, everybody wrote off Jordan Hicks already. He's been playing great. Byron Murphy with the game-winning interception today. Let's end with this one here because I, I wanted to touch on the schedule just kind of moving forward, maybe Wait, looking Luke, at the There's one guy you here. forgot. 
Yeah, that, who I, you got? that Go I need to him. shout out. Call him out. Uh, Caleb Evans, he's Dude. just a good cornerback now, right? Like, no caveat. Just stay he just healthy. plays well. Like, just... yeah, stay healthy. He plays well. He had, I, I think he gave up one comeback. Or no, he had the, the pass interference that was rough. But yep. Uh, yep. sure. I think that was like the only blunder. And it feels like that's what we've been getting consistently. You know, for all I've been barking about consistency, consistency from Evans has been there. Maybe one bad play a game. And ever, other than that, he's been able to keep up on some really, really difficult assignments. He was on DJ Moore a lot today. That's a tough game. Yeah. And did well. Um, at, at, like, it, I, I couldn't be more stunned at how this secondary that looked so bleak headed, heading into camp is playing. I'm impressed with, honestly, from the boundary in the corners, the tackling. Just the fundamental yeah, stuff that Brian right. Flores comes in. You hire a guy like that for a reason, to clean up the sloppiness, tighten the screws, so to speak. And the defensive backs, all of them, top to bottom, their tackling to just playing sound fundamental defensive football has really impressed me through uh, six weeks. By the way, did I see some Andrew Booth Jr.? Out on the field. Did anybody else check that out? Did anybody else? Yeah, yeah. Bit. Braun gave him the shout out earlier. I, I, um, I saw that too. That, and like you said, Braun seemed purposeful, not because of injury. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. It, it could have been. I mean, Evans has been banged up, so it could have been that rotation. And I don't know if we. If somebody should ask, but uh, acquitted himself well. I thought. Uh, let's end with this one. Cause again, I, I just want to look at the forecast moving forward, the schedule, that whole thing, because remember that was always supposed to be the tough part of the schedule right out the gate, the Eagles, the chargers, just a gauntlet there. But now that's, that's long gone, man. That's in the rear view mirror. That's over with problem is the way the Vikings are playing football right now, all of a sudden teams like even Atlanta, the saints Packers on the road, none of them feel like gimmies anymore at this point in the season. So you're sitting at two and four, you got six games left before your bye week, week 13, San Francisco next Monday night at the bank at Green Bay at Atlanta home against New Orleans at Denver then Chicago once again at home on primetime Monday night football um what do you guys think the record's going to be by the bye week Sam I'll start with you six games well I've been preaching this all week there is absolutely a path back to seven and seven um the Packers are swooning right now the Falcons are super inconsistent lost today the Saints are super inconsistent, lost today. The Broncos are wretched. The Bears are wretched. The Raiders are semi-wretched. I mean, that is a that is such a winnable slate going into uh, Cincinnati. I, I might have missed. Yeah, the Raiders are actually after the bye. So I think that going into the bye, you can aspire to be 6-6. Six and six. Did I get that right? Because you play so many teams that are middling or bad. And until the Vikings lose to one or more of those teams, the season is still alive. I'm not saying that's best for the organization long-term. People might rather have them tank, but there's absolutely a path back to relevance. And if you win ugly, you win ugly, but you could win ugly against some of these middle of the pack to lower echelon teams in the NFL. So I think there could be a resurgence coming for this, these Vikings, even if they stumble into it. Luke? They can beat anyone. They can lose to anyone, right? Hang tough with the Chiefs and then go hang tough with the Bears. I, I see the same thing happening. Go, well, They'll go play the 49ers tough. They'll go let the Broncos be in the game even though they shouldn't. Three and three. <laughs> I like it. Well I don't said. trust them. I don't trust them. 
and and they've given you how many reasons not to trust them at this mm-hmm. point, though, right? Yep. Any given week, though, it's going to be a lot of fun to keep tabs and keep track and see what this team looks like by the bye week, six more weeks from now. Vikings beat the Bears in Soldier by a score of 19 to 13. Pick up their first division win on the year, 1 0 in the NFC North. Plenty to break down all week. We're going to do that right here on the Locked On Sports Minnesota channel. And so, so glad you guys could join us. Uh, thanks to everyone tuning in and following along on today's postcast. Another reminder, we're going to be here every single game from here on out the rest of the season. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel. And that's another reminder. Go check out Luke Brown over there every day on the Locked On Vikings podcast. He's pumping out everything you need to know as the Vikings try to keep this momentum going and turn this one-game winning streak into a two-game winning streak next week, uh, Monday night against San Francisco. That'll do it for us. Follow me on X at Luke underscore Spinman. Ron Johnson earlier at 3 Ron Johnson. Check him out on the Ron Johnson Show. Uh, at Luke Braun NFL. Check him out every day again on the Locked on Vikings podcast. Sam Ekstrom, host of the football party and the new basketball party as well. And subscribe, follow all our work again on the Locked on Sports Minnesota Network. Vikings move to two and four on the season, guys. For Luke Braun, Ron Johnson, Sam Ekstrom, I'm Luke Inman. Until next time, signing out. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.